T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Actually, Moose Miller in for Esme on this Saturday night where it was kind of a soggy day at the great Minnesota get-together, but... uh, that never is a problem when you're just making it a digestive triathlon, right? And wandering around trying all of the different, there's some of the turkey legs that, uh, boy, I saw on the Today Show that I'm definitely going to have to try to grab up. That's, uh, that's some good looking stuff because uh, Andrew Zimmern was on the Today Show with his culinary taste buds and suggestions, and it was quite interesting. Some things that I went, wow, that's at the fair? I never knew about that. So. I learned a few things there. Moose Miller on this Saturday night, welcoming into the conversation, a guy that we've had on from time to time here. Julio Ojeda Zapata is back, consumer technology columnist with the Pioneer Press. Good evening. Hey, good good evening. How are you? I'm good. I was just reading uh, this tweet by you. Just packed the college kid off for sophomore year. Not as devastated as I was a year ago, but I will confess to being a bit verklempt. Yeah. I had to I had to uh, Google the correct spelling of Verklempt, by the way. I was going to say that's uh, you're you're throwing down a little Yiddish, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I have some good yeah. uh, good Jewish friends here in my neighborhood. They're going to be very impressed. Yeah, I was going to say that before you know it, they'll be saying you're totally Meshuggah. So uh, that's, uh... <laughs> I'm going to have to Google that too. <laughs> yes, you will. <laughs> So uh, let's uh, jump in with what uh, we grabbed uh, you for on the show tonight, and that was talking about, uh, let's start with the new Galaxy 8 that's coming out, because Samsung, man, they got to get a winner here, because that, uh, that, what was it, the Note 7 with the exploding battery pack, that just didn't do well for them. Yeah, the thing uh, caught fire, which meant airlines were banning it, and at, at one point they just they just canceled the, the product entirely, so... Oh, and, and it, I, what what did they do? Because I'm I live in the Apple world, but a lot of people in the Android world that had those phones that loved them, they they had to give them up. So, what, did they do an exchange program? How did that all work? Yeah, they were they were uh, they were issuing refunds and so and such. Um, but uh, the 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 uh, Samsung's Galaxy Note line uh, traditionally has been very popular. Because the phones are slightly larger, they're they're larger than than most phones, mm-hmm. they, so they sort of fit roughly between the traditional cell phone and 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 a small tablet. So, so for, for a lot of people, they're very good all-in-one devices. They have a, they have styli uh, for note taking and drawing and so forth. So they're yeah. they're, they're good compromise devices. Uh, so it was a, it was kind of um, unfortunate that the uh, the Note Seven had that problem but the the note uh the note eight that is just coming out looks looks pretty promising sure tell me about that what what's gonna uh maybe bring people back to the note eight or take them away from the iphone it does it doesn't uh i haven't i haven't seen one uh personally yet they they haven't been released but um i've been reading up on it and uh it's it doesn't look all that different from 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 the previous one uh but uh apparently has has a stunning screen um and 
one of the features that sort of grabs my attention is the, is the camera. The the Samsung is jumping on the dual camera bandwagon. You may, as you may know, the uh, the Apple iPhone 7 Plus has a dual camera on the back, which allows for some some interesting photography tricks like. Uh, blurred backgrounds and optical zoom and so forth. Yeah, you get that what's called portrait mode. Yeah, the portrait mode, which I love, by the way, it's fantastic. Um, and the the Note Eight is going to, you know, have similar similar features along those lines. Hmm. Um, and that's um, when when people buy buy uh, smartphones, you know, uh, photography features are are very very important because that's usually the camera that you have on you to to take pictures. I was just in New Hampshire for a family reunion and um, I'm not kidding here. I took about 6,000 photos. Um, wow. And so I had my, I was whipping out my iPhone all the dang time. Um, and so it's, it's, you know, photography is very important and Samsung traditionally has had really, really good, very, very competitive uh, camera features. And so the the dual camera setup sort of brings it in line with the uh, with the iPhone Seven Plus, which is which is which is kind of exciting. Sure. What about the iPhone Eight? Is that uh, going to be available by Christmas time this year? Or I keep hearing that it, it's there's no problems with production supply, and then I next day a new article pops up. Yes, there are problems. It's hard to say because we're still kind of in the realm of rumor. We have no confirmation on anything. But uh, I, Apple usually release, uh, announces its new phones in in mid September, early to mid September. So we're we're coming up on the on the usual time frame here. Um, and r- rumor has it Apple will sort of uh, make incremental upgrades to his existing iPhone seven phones. But then it'll announce um, an entirely new iPhone 8. And that's where we might uh, see uh, a later release. It might announce the product, but not release it until late September or October. That's a a definite possibility because it's a brand new product that's going to initially is going to be in high demand, probably. Um, So, uh, but. The rumors about it, are, you know, are, are very interesting. Apparently, it's going to have uh, no home button, which is kind of strange. Uh, but that's going to apparently allow for, you know, more screen real estate, um, sort of edge-to-edge screen, um, facial recognition. It, this is not a new feature. Other other phone makers have, have have had this, but you can sort of log in by having the camera sort of recognize your face. You hold it up to your face; it recognizes your face. You're in. Um, hmm. apparently it's going to have wireless charging. That means you can sort of set the phone down on a charging pad and you don't, you don't have to futz with a cable. Again, not a new feature. Other phone makers have offered that, but, uh, apparently there's a very strong possibility that that feature is going to be found in the phone. Um, hmm. uh, probably yeah, again, phot- back to photography is probably going to have some significant, um, camera advancements and the new iOS 11 operating system is is also going to you know trigger a lot of really interesting photography improvements I'm really looking forward to that what about uh, the updated iWatch what are you hearing along those lines because I'm hearing that you might be able to get an iWatch that you won't need to pair it to your phone to make a phone call 
Um, well, there's rumors that uh, that the new, you know, the, the third generation Apple Watch might have built-in cellular capability. Uh, again, yet again, not a new feature. Other other smartwatch makers have had that, but um, that would allow uh, uh, the, the phone to, uh, I'm sorry, the watch to operate independently uh, uh, for getting data off the internet. Uh, when I go out, uh, by, I do a lot of bicycling. When I go out bicycling, I, I take my uh, Apple Watch, but I also take my phone because without the phone, it's you know it's somewhat incapacitated. If the watch has its own cellular capability for pulling down uh, GPS, uh, not GPS data, but internet data, you know, notifications and so forth, if it can do a lot of the things that the phone uh, already does, then you could just leave your phone behind, which would, which would be nice. Yeah. Un- sure. Unclear if that means you can make calls on on the watch. That's a, that's a possibility. Right now, right now with the Apple Watch, if your phone is nearby uh, and you get a call, you can actually answer it on um, on the watch. Like my, if my wife calls me and I'm at work and I'm across the newsroom and my phone is on my desk, I can I can answer on the watch, which is a little weird because uh, you you feel like Dick Tracy and it's, uh, it's a little <laughs> disruptive yeah. because. Uh, you're, you're bothering people around you, but it's kind of a cool feature. Julio Ojeda Zapata is with us, consumer technology columnist for the St. Paul Pioneer Press. It's Moose Miller in tonight for Esme Murphy here on WCCO. Apple apparently is also going to be kind of relaunching its high-def uh, TV, the Apple TV, because that, that's been around for a while, but it, it's never really taken off. Yeah, the Apple TV is this little, the little, this little, black puck thing that you you connect to your tv to uh to start to get uh you know just to get all of your uh your all of your apple movie content and so forth and you can buy you can buy or rent movies right on it and access uh net uh youtube and, and netflix and so forth and um the Apple TV is a very slick device. I have one, and I like it a lot. It's, uh, the big problem with it is that it does not support 4K video, sort of higher resolution video. So if you have a, a newer TV that has a 4K resolution and you plug an Apple TV to it, there's there's a, uh, a bit of incompatibility there because uh, you can't uh, have 4K content displayed on your TV because the, the the Apple TV itself does not support that. So rumor has it we're going to see a 4K Apple TV, which which Apple uh, fans have been asking for. So that's kind of an important feature uh, because some of uh, the Apple TV competitors, such as, such as the Roku box, uh, have had 4K TV for some time. That's why um, in my living room I have both a, a Roku and an Apple TV, um, both of them, these little black puck things hooked up to my TV. Mm-hmm. Because if I want to see some 4K content, then I, got, I have to switch over to the Roku. Even though as an Apple guy, I, you know, I, I tend to prefer the Apple TV generally. The, the <laughs> Apple TV, as you, as you noted, is kind of an underdog. It's not uh, uh, other uh, devices of this kind are eating Apple's lunch right now. But, um, so Apple really does need to get 4K uh, video resolution on there to sort of uh, get back, sort of achieve parity with its competitors. Well, Apple just announced too. I guess they're going to spend a billion or two billion on new content for Apple TV. Uh, well, 
Apple is uh, is getting into the original into the original programming. You know, Netflix, Hulu, uh, and so Amazon. They they all uh, they all create their own TV shows and their own movies now. And Apple is mm-hmm. jumping on that, which I find a little weird uh, because Apple is is um, is uh, is a maker of. Uh, you know, hardware devices. Yeah, I, I wonder what Steve Jobs would think about that because, you know, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and you know, to spend a billion in that arena when Netflix is spending $6 billion, um, you know, you're, you're dipping a toe in the water when they, everybody else is taking a huge plunge. And I don't know if that fits into the original approach of what yeah, Steve it, Jobs thought Apple was uh, about. Yeah, I, and I, I try to avoid the, you know, what would Steve Jobs think uh, argument, but um, it, it does uh, feel really weird, and, and some of its initial attempts haven't haven't been very successful. It had a it has a it had a Planet of the Apps show, which is you know, <laughs> which is a bit like Project Runway, but for app developers and um, and so forth. Um, if Apple uh, eventually comes out with a with a hit show though that'll shut everybody up you know if, they, if it sure. releases a program like like Hulu has been Hulu was an underdog uh, uh, compared to Netflix and uh, Amazon but it, it came out with The Handmaid's Tale um, and that was a huge hit it was a really good show and it was very very successful so that that hmm. put Hulu sure. on the map right away and if Apple does the same thing, you know, comes out with a show that people like it's, um, the point I'm making about this being weird will be moot. Um, so okay. we'll see what happens. And, and real quick here, I, you know, I just got uh, done seeing a movie today with a buddy of mine. And as we were leaving the theater, he pulls out his smartphone and he's like, uh, yeah, check out my cameras. And he has cameras now in his house. <laughs> he could see into his living room and he was showing the other rooms and outside the house on his phone in real time and these weren't photos it was video surveillance and i was like wow how creepy is that uh, well, you know, it's, fun- his- it, it, it's, fu- it's funny that you mentioned that because i just got back from a family reunion in new hampshire and when before i left home i set up cameras that were sh- that showed all you know all the all the all the areas inside my house and outside my house i basically had the whole place uh set up with video surveillance and the video surveillance also had motion detection, so if somebody yeah, and it's got sound detection. Yeah, and sound detection. So I I set my I set up my house in such a way that if anybody like stuck a toe inside my house, I would get all kinds of alerts on my phone and my watch. Um, and and I got, I have to tell you, I was slightly disappointed that somebody didn't didn't did not actually <laughs> that that would have been fun. Yeah. Well, you know, we've gotten to the point, though, now where it's it's amazing, the technology. And this is all wireless. He was telling me the cameras that he's got set up yeah, in the house. All, and I'm they, thinking, all hook into, they all hook into your Wi-Fi. Yeah. Um, and you just control everything on your phone. And you can do that from around the world. And uh, and I, 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 um, I had a, a um, I wasn't sure whether I turned the stove off. So I asked a, a a buddy of mine in the neighborhood to sort of pop into my house um, and just double check that. And, and when he walked in, I could see, you know, I could see him on the, on the surveillance cameras and so forth. So I, uh, I had confirmation that the capability actually worked. Wow. That's just amazing. Well, uh, you know, it's, 
uh, wow, I just, I don't know if I want to get on the path of putting cameras up in my house. You know, granted, they're not in bedrooms and bathrooms, but, you know, in, in living rooms and common areas, a kitchen. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's yeah, still okay. just... Well, it's becoming, becoming pretty common. If you don't want to, like, if you don't want to, like, set up your own cameras, you can just ask Comcast or AT&T to do that for you. They have a whole suite oh, I know. of security products. You could just, it's, it's very, it's becoming very, very common. Yeah, or you got ring.com and, and stuff like that. So Exactly. Uh, yeah, just amazing. Well, Julio, it's always fascinating. We always run out of time. I really appreciate you uh, joining us tonight. Yeah, no problem. Uh, anytime you need me. And we enjoy reading your stuff in the uh, Pioneer Press. Technology columnist Julio Ojeda Zapata joining us here on WCCO Radio. It's 823. I'm Moose Miller sitting in tonight for Esme Murphy. Well, Roshini Rajkumar will be kicking off the fair broadcast with Senator Al Franken. That'll be live tomorrow on CCO on the front porch starting up at 1210. You do not want to miss that. I saw Senator Franken uh, out at the fair uh, just kind of enjoying some of the food. And, uh, man, you know, a lot of people coming up asking him questions like, what the hell is going on in Washington these days? So uh, that will be must-tune-in listening, 1210 tomorrow Senator Al Franken live on WCCO Radio. It's Moose Miller sitting in here tonight for Esme Murphy. Coming up here at 835, we're going to head to the Iron Range. Yeah, before you know, we'll be talking fall colors. What a great place that is to go. You know, plus you can also head up uh, Duluth Way as well and uh, maybe check in on Betty's Pies, right? Beth Pierce is going to join us, director of the Iron Range Tourism Bureau, as we... Talk about some great places and ideas to plan for going up north there now, you know, underage there. So that'll be coming up here at 835. A story that I wanted to uh, spend a little time on tonight because it, it's really kind of lost traction and its status in our national discussion because we've had so much going on with Hurricane Harvey President Trump's pardon of Sheriff Arpaio and a couple of other things going on in Washington. But the USS John McCain, the destroyer that was run into or ran into the oil tanker where we lost uh, close to a a dozen sailors, I think 10, maybe it was uh, 10 are still missing at this point. There are reports that it lost steering just before the collision. And that kind of starts to play into the question of, do we have a problem with our cybersecurity on board some of these high-tech naval vessels? Because when you look at the USS Fitzgerald, which was badly damaged, Back on June 17th, when it had a collision with a cargo vessel. And then in May, we had the USS Champlain, the Lake Champlain, that hit a South Korean fishing vessel. What's going on here? Jeff Stutzman, who is an ex-information warfare specialist in the Navy and now works at a cyber threat intelligence company, suspects that maybe there's something more here than just human error. Because, you know, the other thing is, 
you have people at watch on these ships with binoculars and they're looking out. I mean, human eyeballs. It's not just we're relying on the technology and it's like a video game. You know, people still stand watch. So what's going on? Is it the Chinese? Is it the Russians? Did they find a way in? And they're messing with the steering capabilities or worse yet, the sensor capabilities of these ships? No, it's all clear. You can keep going. Head down this path. When in fact, you're heading into imminent... I don't know the answer to it, but I sure hope we're asking a lot of questions on this. Another individual who worked in a cyber warfare unit of the Israeli intelligence agency for close to 10 years said they believe countries like Russia and China could have the capability to launch cyber attacks on warships. Oh, my God, if that's going on, what are we going to do about that? These experts went on to point out that there are two main ways that a warship can be interfered with. Number one, attack the GPS capabilities and systems, which would impact the navigation, or just a malware attack on the computer network. Because you've seen people that, that can hack into a car now, shut down parts of the car's operation, the power steering, take over the steering, bring it to a stop, shut it down. Whenever there's control of a vessel done by computer or navigation that's done by computer, you've got a risk for cyber attack. I just find it interesting that we just haven't heard a lot on this subject, but I suspect we're probably going to hear something down the road. Because there's too many coincidences here for just human error. Anyway, just a thought. It is 831. We'll come back. We'll check that WCCO weather forecast for you coming up here next. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Ooh, nice pick on the bumper there, Kevin. Kevin Reed is uh, working hard behind the scenes here starting this hour. Moose Miller in for Esme Murphy on WCCO Radio. Before you know it, we'll be talking about fall colors and all of the fun things to do, especially if you head up north and want to soak some of that up, take some photos and just mm, smell that air, feel all of that. Right now in Eveleth, Minnesota, it's 57 degrees. Uh, humidity is at 93% because they've got drizzle going on. We are joined by Beth Pierce, director of the Iron Range Tourism Bureau. Good evening and welcome. Good evening and thank you. We wanted to shed a little light and put some ideas in people's heads to come up your way and start spending some money. We sure do. It'd be great to have them in fall in northern Minnesota. is beautiful, as you know. Uh, it's nice and cool and crisp, and it, it's true yeah. fall. So there's, And there's lots of things for people to do. Well, I was looking at your website, which if you go to ironrange.org, you'll find uh, just a great site to begin your fall color planning. And just 
all kinds of other stuff outside of the fall colors. We'll get to trail riding and uh, stuff that you can do with, uh, you know, hiking and, and motorcycles and all of that good stuff. But tell me about right now for fall colors, people still have time to maybe book some hotels and, and figure out some areas to, to try to time things just right. They absolutely do. And I think you're going to be looking at mid September, usually through the first, very first part of October. Um, unless we have, you know, a, a miraculously long, slow fall, it, it doesn't last long, but we have some great lodging deals right now, both midweek and weekend. So it's and and any kind of, Lodging you want, bed and breakfast, villas on the lake, um, all suites, hotels, regular hotels, camping, whatever you want. So there's lots of options. Well, and you got so many great little, you know, towns all up and down the range and then all the way on over towards, uh, you know, north of Duluth there. And because uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if in Ely, Britain's is still there, but man, uh, some of the best corned beef hash I ever had in my life was at one of those little cafes called Britain's in Ely. Uh, yeah, it was Ely, Minnesota. Yeah, there's lots of lots of great little cafes. And, and you mentioned Duluth, and Duluth is a, you know, if you want to come up and experience the entire Iron Range, which is, the Masabi Iron Range, which would be pretty much from Hoyt mm-hmm. Lakes um, in the east over to Hibbing in the west, you, you can go up right up through Duluth and, and head up on the North Shore and take in a little bit of that. And of course, it's very crowded up there that time of year because there's lots of wonderful things to do there. But if you if you cut inland at um, Silver Bay, you're actually going to take the Superior National Forest Scenic Byway. And that's um, a, a, a very peaceful and beautiful stretch of a lovely highway. Um, it's it's wonderful for motorcycles. They love it, um, and and just great for driving, of course. And then you're going to end up that'll take you inland to the range, so you can kind of get you, know, you can do a loop the opposite way too, and mm-hmm. take Highway 73 up through Moose Lake and start in Hibbing and go all the way over to the shore and come down. But it's really a nice way to experience northern Minnesota in the fall. How have you guys been doing with regard to precipitation and dryness? And, you know, we start to get into the fall and then you start thinking, you know, a little bit of fire concern and stuff like that. It has been fairly wet, I would say. Um, I, we were we were kind of mm-hmm. complaining the other day. Of course, this is another rainy weekend and we've had our share, I feel like, this summer. But, um, um, it, you know, you can't go wrong in the fall, really. <laughs> it's just so yeah. pretty and it t- does tend to, How, uh, to dry up a little bit, so... How far is the Masabi Bicycle Trail now? That thing has really kind of grown its way out over the years, and, and it's been remarkable to watch the community embrace of that uh, bicycle trail. Yeah, and it's it's a wonderful trail, and, of course, it starts in Grand Rapids, and then it, it goes right around 80 miles all the way to a little hamlet of McKinley, which is... Mm. Um, just on the west side of, of Biwabic, where Giants Ridge Golf and Ski Resort is located. So um, you're, you go through all the Iron Range towns, and of course, starting in about, we hope, mid-September, um, our brand new bridge um, on Highway 53 is going to be open, and the Masabi Trail is crossing that bridge. So so that's cool. gonna be quite an experience. Yes, yeah. it's it's an 1,100 feet long, foot long bridge, and it's 200 feet. It spans a former mine mm. pit that is filled with water, so it's going to be quite the experience for people on the Masabi Trail and, and walking, of course, too. So, oh, that's awesome! It's, um, yeah, it's very nice. I just learned something because I've always said Bawabic, but you say Biwabic, huh? 
Well, I'm not a native, so I could be saying it wrong. <laughs> I grew up in Iowa. Okay, so I was going to say. It works either way. <laughs> okay. It's, it's a great little it's town, a... however you pronounce it. Well, it, you know, and it's Minnesota, for crying out loud. So depending on how you hang and bend your vowels, <laughs> we could all be right. wrong. <laughs> so uh, how about uh, something that's kind of popped up here in the last decade or so, which is ATV trail riding? I, you know, there's certain folks that, that I think kind of we, look we down their a, nose on this, and but that's grown. It really has grown, and it's, you know, ATVs are, are outnumbering snowmobile purchases. Um, people are finding it's, it's a longer season, of course, and um, there's lots of, you know, utility uses for ATVs as well as, as recreational. So um, people are, are buying them and looking for trails, and, and we have some, some amazing trails. Um, we have an OHV park where you're, you can really, of course, out on the state trails, we don't want people to be tearing up the road. We don't want people, you know, racing through the puddles and, and really churning up that dirt. We, we want them to ride responsibly, but in this park, you can do whatever you want. So you can you can plow through the you know you can tear up the dirt you can plow through the puddles you can you can really um, kind of go crazy there so it's a great place for people to play and then for some more kind of the mellow trail riding that we like mm-hmm. to see um, there's there's lots of opportunities for that too so we kind of have the best of both. Well, worlds. you know, I think a lot of folks they first get introduced to the Iron Range if you're not from there um, by their journeys into Duluth and you see the you know the taconite and the uh, ore mining setups and the tours that go with all of that stuff um but when, when you travel out into the range i mean there's some neat places to go and learn more about you know what you know has been a big part of minnesota's history with you know building america absolutely and i i kind of i would challenge people to consider what this nation's position would be in the world if we hadn't had access to domestic steel for the last 150 yeah. years. So it's really an amazing story, and I think um, everyone should should learn about it because it's an American story, not just a Minnesota yeah, story. Yeah, it sure is. Hey, um, there's a fair going on up in, in Barris, isn't there, this weekend? There is, and they do some great horse riding, and they have a mud run, and they do all kinds of fun things up there. So it's it's a little bit wet for them, but I know they're having fun. Well, it was a little bit wet here today. Believe me, yeah. folks were uh, were kind of dealing with 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 that. As far as uh, you know, you start to get out of the fall months and the incredible you know colors and the hiking and the bicycle riding. And if you got a motorcycle, you can't go wrong. But taking a, a great long bike riding weekend or week. But uh, winter months, you know, if you're a, a trail rider for snowmobiling or you know like cross country skiing. This is a, a great part of the country to really enjoy that. It really is, and, and I think we we forget that, you know, northern Minnesota has world-class snowmobile trail system. They really do. They're, they're World Cup trails. They they go on forever. You can go from, from you know, the Hibbing, Virginia, Eveleth, Mountain Iron area. You can go all the way to Canada. You can go to the North Shore. You can just ride all day, and you're going to find um, just a really great system and uh, lots of you know, little restaurants along the way, and of course, access to lots of lodging um, in in our towns. And you know, it's a really it's a great system. And and people don't realize about the you make a good point about the cross country skiing because there's um, a, a number of I I think we have boy I want to say eight or nine um, trail systems mm-hmm. just just in my my region of of northern Minnesota that are um, you know they're cared for by clubs and they're um, and people use them and they're 
They're very mm-hmm. well well maintained. Some of them are even lit, so there's lots of options for motorized or non. You know, when I think of uh, the range, though, I also think of food, and I think of pasties or pasties. <laughs> um, you know, depending, depending on where you're from. But um, you guys have done a job on your site, ironrange.org, for people, because now with the Food Network and, and all of these different cooking shows and diners and dives and stuff like that, people like to plan what I like to call little digestive triathlons. Absolutely. We, we do have some unique places to go. And, of course, um, pastries uh, are my favorite thing, and we have some wonderful bakeries and they're, they have these kind of old world, you know, style, um, um, you know, the pizza, which is a really stretched dough that is rolled. It's very thin and it's filled with nuts and honey and cinnamon and it's rolled up. It's a pizza and it's, it's a really delicious. Um, there's just lots of, um, really cool little bakeries along the way. There's, um, Cane Lakes Candy. They make you know, homemade chocolates. They have all kinds of any kind of chocolate you could want, um, hand dipped, um, handmade. They're, they're really delicious, but there's um, there's also the as you say the pasties and and sarmas and some of those um, traditional um, Eastern European foods that were so popular with the miners when they when they came here. Well, and yeah, so and, and that's the thing, today. you know. Yeah, and and you know, and also Italian uh, food that uh, boy, I you know, I I don't know if people equate that, but there's some great Italian restaurants uh, up on the range and, and Italian family restaurants that have held on for three generations, four generations now. There really are. Valentini's and Chisholm is one, and they mm-hmm. um, they make their pasta. They they do an awesome um, chicken cacciatore, and and there was yeah, there there really was a, a very strong um, Italian population that that immigrated here in the, you know, before or in the late 1800s, early 1900s. And, um, they, they still have a great tradition up on the range today. Sure do. And, uh, it's not quite range, but, uh, you know, you got to run up to two harbors. We got to talk about Betty's pies. I mean, for crying out loud, that's, <laughs> that's an institution. It absolutely is. And it's uh, a great and, view and, up there too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. And you know they've done so much work, you know, up uh, with that highway up there over the years, and and how that's affected uh, Betty's Pies and and you know other businesses up along that stretch there with with the work that's kind of come and gone over the years on uh, sixty one. But uh, uh, I just I have a, such a, a warm spot in my heart for the range and then just the Duluth area of Minnesota and to be able to touch base with you tonight and, and maybe who knows, we'll, we'll plan a thought or two in somebody's head that might not have thought about heading up this fall or maybe even uh, in the winter months to enjoy a part of Minnesota that if you live in the big city, man, you really owe it to yourself to get out and check out this part of America. You really do. And I, I just, I know sometimes people think of the iron range and, and they think it's maybe this big industrial industrial area and you, you do get that landscape, but you're also going to get, I mean, the Superior National Forest borders many of our towns, uh, George Washington mm-hmm. State Forest. So there's lots of, there's lots of green and, and we, um, we work and play right up to the edge of, of the mine. So you, you'll see active mining, well, but you'll also see some woods, trees, lakes, and, and everything else about Northern Minnesota. The so. other thing is, you know, when you go into some of these like little cafes and diner spots and, and whatnot, you know, if you sit down at the counter, or, uh, you know, the the bar or whatever, and you get to talking to the, the locals and the regulars there, 
you'll discover that with the uh, speed of the internet today, there are people that have moved back into this part of the world that they love it because they've got access to New York and Chicago and Miami and Los Angeles, but they don't have all the crap that comes with living in those big cities. And they've got that instant access right there on their computer and and they're living in God's country. Absolutely. You can, you're an hour away from, from a lot of solitude if you like that (laughs) So or or less really. So it's, it's not far to go to experience. Oh, for sure. Well, Beth, uh, we'll point people to ironrange.org to begin their journey when it comes to learning about uh, iron range tourism and maybe some thoughts this fall and this winter. It's been a real pleasure catching up with you. Thanks for having me. You got it. We'll have to have you back here down the road. Moose Miller in tonight for Esme Murphy on WCCO. Our McCarthy Auto World time is 849. State fair savings up to $8,000 or 0% for six years on select Buicks at McCarthy Auto World in Coon Rapids. Wow, that'll take you back. Shania Twain who has kind of relaunched her career here recently. I caught her uh, the other morning on the Today Show with uh, a new single and uh, still looks the same, still sounds the same, and uh, more power to her. Moose Miller in tonight for Esme Murphy on WCCO. It's 8.53 coming up here at the top of the hour. We'll get the latest from CBS World and National News on Hurricane Harvey, which uh, the wind part of this event is over. But the rain part is just beginning. And we were talking earlier with somebody from the uh, National uh, Oceanographic uh, Association, uh, NOAA, out of Miami. And we were both kind of sharing the same concern that it's going to be this rain event that's really going to be the the story of Hurricane Harvey. Yes, there's been catastrophic wind damage and stuff like that, but I'm telling you, if this, if the rain stuff holds true as to what could be coming down, you know, there are areas that got 10 to 12 inches of rain here already, and if you add another 24 to 36, even 40 inches of rain on top of that, who, I mean. What does Houston and Victoria, Texas do? I mean, we've seen a lot of devastation photos and video out of Rockport, Texas. But, man, I'm telling you, the Houston area is the one to keep your eye on. Because they're, they're a low-lying area. And they're kind of a lot like New Orleans. It does not take much to flood that city up. So we'll be kind of following that pretty closely. And we'll get an update from uh, CBS here. On WCCO, I'll be sitting in on Monday night and Tuesday night for Al Malmberg. Looking forward to that. And a story that we're going to try to see if we can line some people up to speak to this a little bit more. But we're rapidly entering into, you know, this disruption world of dot-com internet businesses that like Uber and Lyft that have just destroyed the taxi cab industry. You know, New York, those little badges that go on the hood of a car there, 
so that you could, you know, be licensed to run your cab in the city of New York, that seal or badge, at one point, that was worth, I want to say, close to a million bucks in some instances, depending on what it would allow you to do and drive taxi-wise. Because you can run that taxi 24-7, 365 a, a year. And you could make some pretty good money if you got a reliable vehicle and or fleet and reliable good drivers. But then Lyft came in and Uber came in and it, it totally disrupted that whole world. And now the disruption is affecting the car rental industry. Think about it. And, you know, I'm 54 years old and, and, I like Uber and Lyft. I've used them from time to time. And the first time I used it, I was with my millennial age daughter who was showing me all the ins and outs of it. And those guys, that demographic group, they just love it. And I can see why. But getting back to the car rental industry, it's killing those guys. Because the millennials and the, you know, generation after them that are right now entering their prime earning years and are traveling for business or whatnot, they're not going to car rental agencies. <laughs> Why would you? I'm just going to grab my phone right here and I'm going to order myself up an Uber or a Lyft while I'm still taxiing to the gate and they'll meet me. Boom, right there. Why do I want to spend an hour with my luggage and riding a crummy shuttle bus over to the car rental lot where I'm going to have to fill out paperwork. And this is all I want to do is get to my hotel or this destination or that one. So the money you spend on that, the time you spend on that, it's becoming a factor, a big disruption. Car rental agencies uh, bought up and borrowed huge amounts of money to buy new fleet vehicles because they were thinking the demand was going to be continuing the way it was. And they just didn't see this one coming. So now they're stuck with a lot of cars that aren't getting rented. They're trying to sell them off lots and that's further depressing the prices because everybody's doing it at once. So we'll see. I, I was reading the other day where I think it was Hertz or one of the rental agencies like that the stock price for that company was like 300 and some dollars and it ended up plummeting down to about 40 some dollars after all of this. We'll talk about that a little bit more on Monday night. We'll check CBS news coming up here on WCCO. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.